Well, hello there. This is Evangelist Timothy Gruber here at the Word of the King. The Holiness Bibles for the Blind. Ecclesiastes chapter 8 verse 4 tells us that where the Word of the King is, there is power. We may say unto him, What doest thou? And today, on the Word of the King, uh, my brother Jay Wolfgang is going to bring forth a message to you straight from the infallible, inerrant, perfect, preserved Word of God. Uh, I pray now, may the incredible seed of the Word of God, which lives in Nevada forever, by the power of the Holy Spirit, minister to your soul. Tonight I want to get into my own personal testimony. Now, uh, first off, the preacher can't see the one on his arm. He ain't going to be pressing the buttons to find out what it says. And he sure enough can't see the one on the wall. Now, and you all start looking, and I hear you mumbling about the time. We're going to add 30 minutes to the message. All right? So, uh, Root, don't be looking at the clock on the wall. Got it? Oh, you got your cake in the oven while it's toast. Now... It's toast, all right? It's definitely a charcoal briquette. I heard you like charcoal briquettes anyway. I want to make sure that you're not asleep, so that's why I want you to respond, okay? Uh, see, if, if, if all I hear out of you is that strange thing that comes up out of your throat, and it comes roaring up out of your mouth, you know, when you get your head leaning, you know, I'm going to help you out here. When you get, the, you get your head leaning down, and, and, and you go, and that strange noise that comes up out of your throat, and that's the only response I hear from you. I know something's wrong. Well, now that we have come back to part five, and actually this will be the final part of my personal testimony here, continuing on from part four, where we just got done playing Red Sylvine, Speaking of, are you mine? Now, why would I have chosen such a song and said to Ruthie what I did? Well, we're about to find out. Well, the reason I said what I just said is this. The reason I said that to Ruthie in the previous song that, well, <laughs> this is not the song that you think it is about Are You Mine is because in actuality, the song I'm about to play is what she might have assumed that I was going to play, but I am going to play it now because this song, although most people have heard the music a billion times most likely, the thing is they've never heard the lyrics, or at least they've heard versions thereof which are not the real words. They've heard Big Fat and Wide and other things there too. No, I'm sorry, it's not Here Comes the Bride, Big Fat and Wide. No, this was written back in 1937. And there are really, believe it or not, honest, godly words to this song 
that have to do with just what the Bible says. And if you listen honestly to the lyrics, Ruth and I, as a gospel singing group after we were called, and right shortly after we were married, six months after we were married, God called us to sing. And in seeing this song in an old songbook, the bridal chorus, we decided we would take on the challenge of putting the lyrics to the actual music and putting it down in recorded form so that people would honestly know the real words to this real song so that they would honestly know, brides and grooms would honestly know the real words to this song. So here it is. The Bridal Chorus, sung by the Ashtabula Angels. song it kind of leads you into what happened on 1997 July 12 <laughs> Ruthie yep Tim guess you could tell that's a kind of a like a song with vows in it but unfortunately most people don't take the wedding vows seriously they kind of make those, but sorry, but the Bible says, perform unto the Lord thine oaths. means you got to keep your word, but most people don't. Why? Because a couple other Bible verses come to mind, and Ruth has the next one, which I am kind of in reference to as to what I mean. Ruth. Uh, Matthew seven twelve. Therefore, all things whatsoever you would that men should do to you, do you even so to them. For this is the law and the prophets. I think about it. If they took that, that verse alone seriously, would they be breaking marriage vows? Come on, respond, guys. No. They wouldn't break a, a marriage vow. Would they break their promises? 
Uh, would they be committing adultery? No. Would they be over there killing each other? No. Oh, we'd all easily love the poor. We'd all love a person despite their skin color, their race, whatever. Why? Because the first part of that verse, when you slow it down, as ye would that men should do to you. As ye would that men should do to you. As ye would that men should do to you. How do you want them to do to you? Uh, come on. Those of you that are listening, how do you want people to treat you? Do you want them to judge you because of your skin color? Uh, hello, everybody that's listening. Just cut your arm. What colors it come out? Come on. It doesn't matter if you're blind or deaf or, uh, or, or rich or poor. You all co- it all comes out red. Doesn't matter what race you are, whatever, it all comes out red. The Bible says we're all made out of one blood. And guess what? It's all sin it's all sinful blood. So it's all sinful blood. So the whole point comes down to we need to get off this other stuff. And remember, the way you want to be treated, then the rest of the verse comes in. That's and you notice he didn't say, you wait for them to treat you that way. You do it unto them. You do it first. You do it first because then what goes around is going to come around. The chain of love. What's going to go around sooner or later will come back to you. The way you treat people is the way... I'll give you a perfect example. My neighbor. I never... When she asked me... She she didn't even know I had the equipment. She mentioned she said, "You know anybody knows how to sharpen uh, garden tools?" I said, "Yeah, I've got I've got a grinder in my garage. I can do it for you." She goes, "What do you charge me?" I said, "I ain't going to charge you to do that. That's too easy. Come on, give me the stuff. I'll fix it for you." I wasn't even going to charge. I wasn't even worried about getting nothing out of it. I was just trying to be a good neighbor. Next thing you know, later in the season, she give me garden vegetables. I wasn't even worried about it. One time she needed her tree trimmed out in the front yard, a little tiny tree. And you've seen it, Tim, out in front of her house over here, Fanny, saw that little tiny tree? She needed it trimmed. She says, I need to get a trim. I can't do it. Uh, I said, come on. I got a handsaw to do that real easy. So I went over there with a handsaw. Said, you show me where you want it cut. Had that done inside of a couple hours. Everything she wanted done. She's picky when she wants it done, but I'll tell you what, she got the job done due to your neighbor. Due to them the way you want to be done. Why? Because later, when I needed the help, they were able to help me. Amen. All right, and Tim, you got my next verse, right? Okay, come on with it. Proverbs chapter 19, verse 1. Better is the poor that walketh in his integrity than he that is perverse in his lips and is a fool. Um... I think there's a good lesson there. A good lesson is you can have you can have a deed, Tim. It says universe on it. You can have a deed that says universe on it. And be the world's biggest liar. 
but yet be as dirt poor in a cardboard box and be have the best integrity which means your word could be trusted now Tim you ready for how, what I'm talking about I'm going to give you an example back to my own testimony 1995 through about 96 roughly I had and I got the pictures of it in the newspaper literally I was in the newspaper for this I used to drive a three-wheeled pedal bicycle with a trailer behind me on the side of it said blind trucking I know it sounds kind of strange blind trucking you know blind person trucking but literally because I was hauling loads so that's trucking okay so and what I did is volunteer hauling for people didn't charge them a nickel Tim there was times I was entrusted now you want to see where integrity can go there was times I was entrusted with over $700 in cash in my hand person would hand it to me with a list of money orders they expected me to go pick up now this is not a brag this is not an idle boast this is fact I would go because this is where we used to get the money orders right down here at the post office I'd take that list of money orders and the cash walk down to the uh, drive down to the post office pull up in the parking lot park and then go uh, pull the bike and the trailer over in a parking spot walk inside walk up to the counter lay down the list they calculate everything out write out the money they'd figure out the money orders do what they had to do they'd hand me the money orders I'd pay for them and I'd go back out there hop back on it go back to the person's house and hand them the receipt money orders and every last red cent but poor as a dog as I am Proverbs 19 1 right there it is right there it is hello uh, there's people that we know we won't name them right here but we know there's people that got what seventy thousand dollars and plus another sixty and what lying through their teeth uh, excuse me the Bible says they're they're perverse and they're a fool I didn't say it's in the book that's what the book said. The Bible says what they do to their brothers, their sisters, they're doing to Christ. God expects a standard of us. All right, and Ruthie, I think you got my last one, right? All right, and you got my last one. All righty. All right. Lord, who shall abide in thy tabernacle? Who shall dwell in thy holy hill? He that walketh uprightly, and worketh righteousness, and speaketh the truth in his heart. He that backbiteth not with his tongue, nor doeth evil to his neighbor, nor taketh up a reproach against his neighbor, in whose eyes a vile person is condemned, but he honoreth them that fear the Lord. He that sweareth to his own hurt, and changeth not. He that putteth not out his money to usury, nor taketh reward against the innocent. 
He that doeth these things shall never be moved. Speaking of that scripture text, that being Psalm 15, there was a gospel group, in this case choir, who did a song on this very text, who sung a song on this, which kind of became one of my favorite songs as well, which I think I'll play for you here. It's called, Who Shall Abide in Thy Tabernacle by the People's Baptist Missionary, the People's Missionary Baptist Building Fund Choir.
Now, think about it. It says, he, look at all those attributes that the person is supposed to have. See, when I heard this scripture, the first time I heard it was when everybody that's ever watched Little House on the Prairie remembers this being on the episode, I'll be waving as you drive away. And it's Mary Ingalls, um, I mean, no, not, uh, yeah, I'll be waving as you drive away. And, and, and Mary Ingalls reads that at the very end of that. Well, the th- and she's reading it in Braille. When I first heard that, I said to myself, you know, and mind you, I was a Christian at this time. I said, now those are some verses and words to live by. And I took them on. Why? Because just like Psalm, uh, Proverbs chapter 19, verse 1, Matthew seven twelve, James chapter 2, 1 to 19, Matthew 25, 40, they all tell us something. Just like my grandfather, unlike him who couldn't give a biblical answer as to how to treat your fellow man. I've got some verses to back it up. There's a standard. Instead of when your fellow man is down stomping more, the Bible doesn't teach that. I've learned as when Job was through the trials and tribulations. See, God put me through trials for a purpose. And I believe that's what he did. He puts us through trials for a purpose. And I believe the reason he put me through a lot of them is this. To teach me that, look, my purpose is to show other people that there's a better way. And that better way is you don't have to step on your brother to make yourself bigger. All you're doing is making yourself worse. You don't make yourself bigger. You make yourself worse. You only show yourself to be... You only show yourself to be the bigger scum. I'll say that again. You make yourself to be the bigger scum in God's eyes because God didn't tell you to do it that way. God told you to love your neighbor as yourself. And who's the omnipresent neighbor? He is. Jesus is. According to Matthew 25, 40... <laughs> When you think about it, so the way you treat your fellow man is the way you're cheating Christ. <laughs> and that's the way you fulfill the royal law. And, and and when Tim preached that one message, I had never thought about it that way, but when he preached, I was like, man, that, 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 and that had some truth there. And, and that does fit. And, and that's exactly how you fulfill it. You fulfill it in Christ. And when you when you treat, when I treat Tim right, when I treat Ruth right, think about it the bible says sometimes when a person comes to your house how do you know you're not treating taking care of an angel why because that's christ coming into your house if they're a brother or sister in the lord that's christ and the way you treat them is the way you treat christ amen so as i get ready for my invitation song i want you to think on that heavenly father Lord, I know this has been long, (laughs) and 
As most people know, I don't go looking at the clock. But nowhere in the Bible, Lord, did you say you had a, a certain limit on your postage. Because <laughs> you already paid it, Lord. You paid it all. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that you gave it all for us. You paid the price. Now, Lord, we ask you tonight as we give the invitation that you would use it for your glory. If there be one, Lord, that's lost, Lord, let this testimony help them to understand that they could come to you the way, the truth, and the life, who is the only way, the only truth, and the only life. And then, Lord, for those who are saved, who have been treating their brothers, their sisters, whatever, like scum, Lord, this is their time that they could come back to you. Help them to come back like the prodigal and say, you know, Lord, I've been wrong. I don't need to treat my brothers and sisters like dirt. I'm not making myself better. I'm making myself worse. I'm not proving anything. So, Lord, help us tonight to come to you. In the name of Jesus, amen. All right. We're going to give a little invitation song for anybody and everybody out there because this is your time. As I said first, to those who are saved, this is for you. And then for those of you who are lost, it's also for you too. How about it tonight, dear sinner, friend? Do you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Have you ever asked Jesus into your heart? Have you ever asked Him to be your Lord and Savior? Well, if you have not, let me tell you tonight, He's not concerned about the size of your bank account. He's not concerned about what things you've done. He's not concerned how many churches you've been to. <laughs> Believe me. You could ha have been to every church in town. You could have a membership in every church in town. But let me tell you something. Do you know... When you stand before God, that stuff is not going to mean beans. The Bible says, Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to His mercy, He saved us. For by grace are you saved through faith, and not, not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Jesus himself made it very clear when he said in John 14 and verse 6, He saith unto them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Now, most of us out there know right now that you wouldn't dare let somebody come into your house except through a door. You'd say, well, if that person come through even the doorway without permission, they're a thief and a robber. They came in for dirty, rotten purposes. 
Well, why is it that you're trying to get into heaven your way? Jesus, it's his home. It's his home. Then why are you trying to get into heaven by your works, by stringing beads, by doing a rosary, by doing all those good works and all the good deeds you can do? Why are you trying to do it your way? Jesus said, he told you his way. He said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. How about it, dear sinner friend? Come as you are. He's not looking for those who have lots of money. I'm sorry, church people, but he's not looking for those people in the fancy suits. You could be out there listening right now, and you could be in rags right now, living in a cardboard box in some alley and manage to have listened to this message, and Jesus loves you. He's not looking for the person with riches. There was a publican who was standing in the temple in a wealthy Pharisee. But that poor publican, he knew he was a sinner. He wouldn't even look up to heaven, but smote upon his breast and said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And Jesus said that man was the one who walked out of that temple more justified than that public, than that, than that Pharisee, than that religious leader. So, sorry, you religious folks. You're not going to get to heaven by your works. All it takes is a simple prayer like that. For you out there that are listening right now, Paul and Silas were in jail. They were, you want to talk about the jailhouse rock? That was it. And they were singing, and the doors flew open because God delivered. And you know what he, they, the old jailer said? He came flying in there because nobody left, mind you. That wouldn't have happened today if this happened. But jailer came in, said, what must I do to be saved? And they didn't make it complicated. They just answered the question this way. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. So what does the Bible say you need to do? The Bible makes it plain. The Bible says... Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. For if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the mouth, for with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Now let me tell you something. You want to know how it's done? The thief on the cross did it very easily. It's ABC. He acknowledged he was a sinner. He believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, and he confessed his sins. How did he do that? He didn't get baptized. He didn't join a church. He didn't do any of those fancy things that we call religious. But he sure enough got saved, and Jesus said, This night thou shalt be with me in paradise. Let me tell you how it was done. He looked at Jesus, and he said, Lord... He acknowledged Jesus was his God. He said, Lord, remember me when thou 
comest in thy kingdom. But how did he confess that he was a sinner? Simple. He looked at that other thief and he said, We deserve the punishment we're getting on these crosses. You have to confess you're a sinner, acknowledge you're a sinner, and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. A, B, C. Now, I'm going to give you a sample prayer. Now, this prayer cannot save you, but I could guarantee you, if you pray something like this in your heart, in your own words, and you believe what you're praying, you will be saved. Jesus will save you. Bow your heads and pray something like this. Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a dirty, rotten, filthy sinner. I deserve hell, which is the punishment for my sins. But Lord Jesus, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner and deserve hell, but Lord Jesus, that you died for those sins once for all. And Lord Jesus, I ask you to take you into my heart. And Lord Jesus, I take you into my heart right now. And Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my life forever. In the name of Jesus, amen. Now, sinner, if you did that prayer, if you did that prayer, let me tell you, you are a child of his. But what about those who out there right now are saved, who have been saved that have fell short? Maybe you've been judging somebody because they're poor. Maybe you've been nitpicky, judgmental, gossipy, nitpicking somebody for some reason. Whatever it may be. I give this invitation to you too. For whatever reason, you need to get your wicked heart right too. You know, there's lots of us out there. We'll judge people over whether they have what's most people call disabilities, handicaps, but I call them inconveniences. We'll nitpick that. We'll nitpick somebody because they're different. One person asked a good question. Who or what is normal? <laughs> Very good question. I ought to answer that question. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. And if you don't measure up to his standard of normality, you ain't normal. Which, the Bible answers that question. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So you're not normal. And if you don't believe that, read James chapter 2. It says, if you have failed in one point of the law, you're guilty of all. So you're not normal. <laughs> That's why you need Jesus as your Savior. If that's why you're saved and you got saved, well, you're not normal because you're a sinner. You're on this planet. So let me tell you something. Uh, why are you nitpicking somebody else because they're different from you? You're not normal either. So get your wicked heart right for judging them. Get right with God. Quit nitpicking because, well, they got they ain't got the perfect suit or they ain't got then given the kind of money you think they should give to God or whatever uh, why don't you get your wicked dirty rotten sinful heart right with God why don't you just fall on your face and repent see 
it's time that you go back to Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 5. And remember, before you sweep off someone else's dirty doorstep, you need to be sweeping off your own. Because if you took the time to inspect your own fruit and be about your own business, you wouldn't have time for theirs. You got too much to be worried about your own business and being about uh, inspecting your own heart. Just like I got too much time to be worried about myself to be uh, worried about other people. Because if we judge ourselves, we would not be judged, is what the scripture said. So, how about it tonight? First of all, for those who are not saved, how about it? Ask Jesus as your Savior. And for those who are saved, how about it? Ask Jesus right now to make you what he'd have you be. Come just as you are tonight. Amen. Well, we're told, but as many as are the works of the law are under the curse. For cursed be everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. We're told in the book of Galatians. All that here it is. But God committed his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Repent ye and believe the gospel. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved, and the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, shall cleanse you from all sin, for if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Menial, mortal, sin, whatever you call it, all unrighteousness, God is faithful to forgive those who confess their sins to him through faith in Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection alone, for by grace he is saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, Call upon the Lord today. This is Evangelist Timothy Groover. Till next time, God bless you and yours.